interesting thing is I missed the, the part at the very end where he talks about the relatives who abandoned, which does very specifically speak to the LGBTQ community with so many loved ones who there's often like, you know, very Christian people who have expressed that it would be easier for them if their child was dead than for them to be very gay, which is a horrible thing to say. I've heard that. Yeah. Um, but the one thing that is sticking out to me now as I read above that is like, I don't think he quite falls into it because I think the context is there and it's it's not meant to be taken in the same context. But there is this tendency in arguments against LGBTQ inclusion in a church and that, that like they fall into equating, well, we wouldn't condone murder. We wouldn't condone stealing. And to compare consensual relations between two people with the same genitals versus those actual things that like really harm people is like highly offensive to the LGBTQ community. I'm sure it is because they're they're that should not even be anywhere near the same classification. That's yeah. One is causing harm to everybody, right? And one is just simply a what they call an irregular uh, irregular relationship. So they're, they're definitely not the same classification. You're not even in theology are those the same classification. Right, right. So, <laughs> um, it goes on. So 28. There are several occasions when people spontaneously ask for a blessing. And I, I love what he does here because he specifically starts adding when these blessings are perfectly acceptable. And the reason why there needs to be blessings regardless of what your personal opinions are. So I'll continue. Whether on pilgrimages, at shrines, or even on the street when they meet a priest, by way of example, we can refer to the Book of Blessings, which provides several rights for blessing people, including the elderly, the sick, participants in a catechetical or prayer meeting, pilgrims, those embarking on journey, volunteer groups and associations, and more. Such blessings are meant for everyone. No one is to be excluded from them. In this introduction to the order for blessings of elderly people, for example, it is stated that the purpose of this blessing is, quote, so that the elderly themselves may receive from their brethren a testimony of respect and gratitude, while together with them we give thanks to the Lord, brethren, a testimony. I lost my place. Sorry, the text got really small here. <laughs> It is stated that the purpose of this blessing, uh, there we go. We give thanks to the Lord for the favors they receive from him and for the good they did with his help, close quote. In this case, the subject of the blessing is the elderly person for whom and with whom thanks is being given to God for the good he has done for the benefit received. No one can prevent this act of giving thanks. And each person, even if he or she lives in a situation that are not ordered to the Creator's plan, possesses positive elements for which we can praise the Lord. So again, right there, he's giving another example. Okay, I'll keep going. I went silent, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just waiting here for hey. you guys. I mean, I have my own feelings, but we can keep going. So, so 31. <laughs> okay, so 31. Within the horizon outline here appears the possibility of blessings for couples in irregular situations and for couples of the same sex, the form of which should not be fixed ritually by exclusial authorities to avoid producing confusion with the blessings proper to the sacrament of marriage. In such cases, a blessing may be imparted that not only has an ascending value, but also involves the invocation of a blessing that descends from God upon those who, recognizing themselves to be destitute and in need of his help, do not claim a legitimacy of their own status, but who beg that all that is true, good, and humanly valid in their lives and their relationships be enriched, healed, and elevated by the presence of the Holy Spirit. These forms of blessings express a supplication that God may grant those aids that come from the impulse of His Spirit, what classical theology calls, quote, actual grace, close quote, so that human relations may be mature and grow in fidelity to the gospel, that they may be 
freed from their imperfections and frailties, and that they may express themselves in the ever-increasing dimension of divine love. Now, I'm sure Keith has something to say. <laughs> All right. So I, I, I think I kind of already communicated the things, something I really appreciate. I just think it was very worth like elaborating on the nature of blessings. So I think it strikes at the heart of a lot of the attitude that a lot of the church has towards marginalized folks that's causing such a corrosive atmosphere. Um, the One of the things I'll rag on it a little bit about is that this document does demonstrate, which I think actually a lot of Catholic documents do, the um, what what like papal infallibility or like not being able to like change doctrine, quote unquote, does, mm -hmm. which is it causes you like it's kind of like a mouse trying to go through a maze and like desperately looking for a different path and it finds like a way to jump over the wall a little bit. Um, where like what we do is we write when we find ourselves trapped by a doctrine that's clearly causing destruction, which I think like there is a lot of negative fallback fallout on both the doctrine and the practicalities of how we implement the doctrines against like our, our whole whole doctrine on sexuality, basically. Um, what we do is we go write about something else in the Catholic church. So ah, we're trapped by this thing. We're going to go write about blessings and we're going to go, we're kind of, kind of, kind of create a thing that doesn't do the thing that a lot of people would say really needs to be done, but does something else. That's nice. Um, so this does kind of like demonstrate that, um, <laughs> where we kind of just elaborated on another thing. Um, where was also, was I going with that? Um, Dang, I'm trying to remember where I was going to go with after that. Um, I think there's, I mean, my own personal journey with it, that original response to the dubia, though thou cannot bless in. I don't know why. Maybe it was just the atmosphere, like we're coming fresh out of the pandemic and that I already seen like a lot of my fellow churchmen kind of going, you know, some of them had gone participated the January 6th insurrection, um, among many other things. Um, that one hit me like really hard for some reason. I was just like, oh my gosh, we're like just not like when when the, the congregation of the doctrine of the faith said we're just not gonna bless it, like we're, we cannot bless in what they said or whatever. And they just they kind of reduced these people live these folks lived in experience mm -hmm. to that. It's like these are only the bad parts. Or your everything here is bad, and seeing over and over um, just how it doesn't seem to play out in practical evidence, and me really like identifying strongly with the conception of God, where um, He asks us to trust our senses. I always think of like young Earth creationism, and I think of like the cosmos and how. Don't like, you dare! Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I always think of like that's how, my cardinal sin. Uh, how in order for young earth creationism to be true, that God would literally have to be lying about the distance of the stars. Like he would have had to create the light from stars millions of light years away, only like have it already in transit. So it was only 6,000 years away. Um, the world could be created last Thursday. So yeah, there you go. So <laughs> I always think of that as an example of like, if that God would be a liar, um, like he would literally be, using smoke and mirror. He would be encouraging us to go explore this beautiful world with all these vast, infinite things to find out. But really the whole thing would be propped up with smoke and mirrors. And likewise, when I, when I, the more I read about how human sexuality works from an evolutionary concept, from a biological concept, from just practically what we see in the animal kingdom, you know, we see, um, uh, bonobo monkey societies are propped up by lesbian relations between the, the female matriarchs. Um, that's a really weird example. Um, and or we see just in the lives. What kind of things are you watching at night? Yeah, seriously, um, <laughs> we see in the lives of human same-sex couples, and we don't see any of the markers of destruction that um, a lot of our churchmen are saying we should that we should see all these bad manifestations of it. Um, and we don't. We see people who love each other and often um, practice the virtues of Jesus much better than many folks who openly admit to following Jesus. Um, and, and 
look trying to square a god who asked us to use our conscience and our intuition with you know basically a frozen in time perception of human sexuality from the time of augustine um feels just incongruent um and and uh i i could tell with pope francis like he like he while he he's not going to go against church doctrine he is seeing that like we are putting improper weight on these things <laughs> and um I would, respect that i'll go in, in a different direction but okay i i would i would say why are we reducing ourselves to sexuality but uh i'll jump into the next verse um i'm jumping going to jump down to 38 for this reason one should neither provide for nor promote a ritual for the blessing of couples in an irregular in an irregular relationship. At the same time, one should not prevent or prohibit the church closeness to people in every situation in which they might seek God's help through a simple blessing. In a brief prayer preceding the spontaneous blessing, the ordained minister could ask that the individuals have peace, health. Sorry. Burping, pizza, <laughs> spirit <say> of <laughs> spirit of patience, dialogue, and mutual assistance, but also God's light and strength to be able to fulfill His will completely. 30, 39. In any case, precisely to avoid any form of confusion or scandal, when the prayer of blessing is requested by a couple in an irregular relationship or sorry situation even though it is expressed outside the rites prescribed by the liturgical books, this blessing should never impart in concurrence with the ceremonies of a civil union and not even in connection with them, nor can it be performed with any clothing, gestures, or words that are proper to a wedding. The same applies when the blessing is requested by a same-sex couple. Yeah, interesting. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that's what I was kind of trying to get at to earlier. I mean, like, it feels like, I guess, from the Protestant side of things, you know, it, you know, because I kind of grew up in the Bible Belt, where everyone, oh, bless you, go be blessed, and but they don't really mean it. Mm-hmm. It becomes of, you know, words without really, there's no real-world application or even reality or any kind of grounding that it affects anything. Well, I'm glad you asked. So it just, it just means that, I mean, the fact that, wait, go back. I mean, it's, it's telling you right there in 39 and, and a little bit in 38, mm-hmm. what you can't, what you can't really do. So it's, mm-hmm. I, I don't understand what's the point of it. The point of it actually comes down into verse 40. Such a blessing may instead find its place in other contexts. So again, I'll repeat the first sentence. Such a blessing may instead find its place in other contexts, such as a visit to a shrine, a meeting with a priest, a prayer recited in a group, or during a pilgrimage. Indeed, through these blessings that are given, not through the ritual forms proper to to the liturgy, but as an expression of the church's maternal heart similar to those that emanate from the core of popular piety. There's no intention to legitimize anything, but rather to open one's life to God, to ask for his help to live better, and also to invoke the Holy Spirit to that the values of the gospel may be lived with greater faithfulness. That's will, the uh, third time I've heard that. I will, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to read two more verses. Uh, the church continues, is 42, the church continues to lift up those prayers and supplications that Christ himself, with loud cries and tears, offered in his earthly life, and which enjoy a special efficacy for this reason. In this way, quote, not only by charity, example, and works of penance, but also by prayer does the ecclesial community exercise a true maternal function in bringing souls to Christ. Close quote. One more verse. It's 43. The church is thus the sacrament of God's infinite love. Therefore, even when a person's relationship with God is clouded by sin, he can always ask for a blessing, stretching out his hand to God, as Peter did in the storm when he cried out to Jesus, Lord, save me. 
Indeed, desiring and receiving a blessing can be the possible good in some situations. Pope Francis reminds us that a, quote, small step in the, in the midst of great human limitations can be more pleasing to God than a life which appears outwardly in order but moves through the day without confronting great difficulties, close quote. In this way, quote, what shines forth is the beauty of the saving love of God made manifest in Jesus Christ, who died and rose from the dead, close quote. Yeah, it seems conditional to me. So the wording is conditional. I, I, I picked up on it three times already. Okay, so explain. Go back to the prior page. Mm, the one before that. Oh. Ah. Rather, to open one's life to God, to ask for His help to live better, to live better mm -hmm. and i get that that we all have things that we're all striving for to live better but yeah this is specifically talking on this subject i feel like it's conditional because the aim seems to be okay we're going to offer you your blessing for you know and again i'm going back to the subject of same-sex marriage because that's huge in america because, it's huge uh and even how they term some of the what they call it is unnatural or irregular. I mean, mm -hmm. it seems like those are very deliberate uh, choices of. It is, and because descriptive adjectives the, instead of just saying a homosexual relationship or a gay relationship. Oh no, no! I, I'll go a step further. The church has always defined, and this is this has always been in church doctrine. The church has always defined a. A sexual union in the church as man and woman who has the intention of having children. Yeah, procreation. So that is what marriage is. Yes. And so it's, if it's outside of that in any context, it could be a man and a woman living in civil union. But if it's not with that intent, it's still improper to the church. And so even if there's no intent to get married... Mm -hmm. That's still wrong. You can still get a blessing. So the blessings are meant for everybody to help them in their life. Again, it even brings up people who are addicts, right? It even brings up people who are in rehabilitation. The Everybody should be able to have a blessing to help them in their life. And that's what that's this... That's what I mean. That's what feels a little off to me because whether it's, you know, it's a relationship like that, that in and of itself, I'm not saying is right or wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's what I'm saying. I've known personally firsthand that I can't, I'm not allowed to say the names, but within our church and within our community, a pastor came right out after 40, 50 years of marriage and literally rocked the community, destroyed marriages, destroyed mm -hmm. the church, destroyed his flock that he led by openly declaring this, knowing that it was wrong, yeah. but yet still continue to do it. Yeah. And somehow still wanted to be a part of everything and still wanted to quote unquote be blessed. Yeah. And expect a blessing. Mm -hmm. But yet he knows it's he knows that in his particular situation it wasn't right. Yeah. So if I'm doing something that I know isn't right, I have full intention of not knowing that it's right, and yet I expect a blessing still, mm -hmm. it seems so counterintuitive. But is it? Yes, it is because in, my in actions, which way? I have my actions have real world consequences that affect people around me. Yes, yes. No, no, I mean as far as your as your life goes. So should are you defining yourself by your sexuality? I'm not even just talking about that. Yeah, I oh, think okay. it's I think it's I think I agree with that. I think it's rather narrow minded to only be described through through the lens of just your sexuality. Yes, I agree. But in this case, and I think this is, as much as they may not be trying to say that, they are trying to address that. Okay. And I feel like it's trying to placate both by not wanting to maybe lose followers who may be in that camp. What if, what if we're being called to something that is higher? Okay, so, let's, let, 
let's take the homosexual relationship out of the mix. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Um, I know of, and I'm not going to bring any any parishes up or any names, but I know of a parish here in Northeast Ohio that had a same-sex attracted priest. Yeah. Okay. And he, to those who were close to him, admitted that he was same-sex yeah. attracted, which is why he was a priest, because he said he knew that it, he did not want to engage in that relationship, so he would rather live his life in celibacy yeah. and service to his flock and live in service to God. I've heard of that, too. Yeah. And it was right here in Northeast Ohio. Again, I'm not going to bring up any priests. I'm not going to bring up any any parishes. But I know of one, I, and, I and he that. did live his life in celibacy, and he did live in service to his parish. Yeah. And he never, as far as I know, he never went outside of that. Yeah, and I I certainly applaud that. Can I can I tell you that there's actually a scripture that may actually indicate that God allows that. I'll let you ponder that for a second. God allows what exactly? God allows a quote-unquote natural celibacy for some people. I I don't. Maybe I don't really know. So I, this 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 so this scripture is up for a lot of debate. And I'm not saying it is because it's up for a lot of debate on in both the Catholic and Protestant circles. All right. So I'm not Aaron going... to be cherry-picking the uh, scripture. I'm not... I, I'm putting this out there because okay. it's interpreted in different ways in different denominations your best shot, on Aaron. both sides. Okay? Matthew 19, 12. Jesus says, There are those eunuchs who were born that way. And there are those eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by others. And there are those who choose to live like eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. The one who can accept this should accept it. Now, some people have interpreted those when it says there are those eunuchs who have been born that way. Some people believe that if you go back to your original context of this scripture, it's a reference to people who cannot, by choice or by sexual persuasion, have a relationship with women and who choose to be eunuchs. In other words, who choose a life of celibacy. Now, I'm not saying that that's what the Scripture says, but I'm saying that argument does stand on both sides. I'm not saying that it is talking about same-sex attracted people, but there are people on both the Catholic and Protestant side that says that this is actually an inference on that. And that those people are choosing a life of celibacy to live in service to God instead of engaging in something that is not a legitimate, quote-unquote, act or marriage according to the church. I mean, I feel like at best that's a gray area. It's very gray. That's why I'm saying I'm I'm not making a declaration on that scripture. Yeah, I mean, there could be—I mean, I'm sure without a doubt that there are priests out there who have— you know, an attraction to women who know they can't control their attraction to women. Oh, we know there are. <laughs> and that's why they want to go into that because it tames that. Yeah. And they, and they live a completely holy life or, you know. Yep. I, I totally agree with that. And I think in both cases, like you were saying about that priest here in... North Israel, yep. Yeah, who who's chose that life. Uh, I You know, I applaud that. I mean, we all have things, we all have flesh that we have to contend with. I would say that that's actually when you choose that life, and there's there's a, a larger part of this that I, I'll bring up in a second. I would say when you choose that life, it shows that there is a process to your evolution that goes beyond the physical, that goes beyond the corporeal, where you've actually chosen something beyond your animal instincts. I, I'm with you on that. I agree with that. However, I don't remember reading one time in any of this because what we're talking about now is our, you know, our human capacity for struggle. Yeah. We all have it, whatever it is, whatever that inclusivity, is that the right word? Might be. Yeah. It's not talking about struggle. That's talking about people who at this point have known that they had a struggle. But now they're in a relationship that yeah. may be, quote-unquote, irregular. 
however that may look, and still asking for a blessing. I would push back on that because the document actually says that this is the avenue that could persuade them to become that which is greater than just the animal instinct. So it's conditional. It's not conditional. <laughs> it's an avenue. And because you, I've heard that three times. No, 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 no. It's an avenue. It gives you the road to be better than what you are. It, it, so it's not conditional because here's the thing. You still get the choice. You still get the blessing, but you also get the choice. Okay. So take the, you know, irregular relationships out the picture, the, any gay relationship or yeah. whatever. Because, uh, again, it even, even references addicts and stuff here, and, and here. rehabilitation. Right. right. We'll deal with another sin here. Kind of related, but kind of not. Within the Protestant side of the church, right? Everyone heard of Ravi Zacharias? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's literally like the Jeffrey Epstein of the Protestant church. <sighs> yeah. The man he hurt a lot of people. For so many years. Still. Had, you know, I, uh, intentionally, I, knowingly deceived the church. I mean, and, and he could because nobody knew yeah. doctrine better than him because he wrote a lot of the doctrines that the people followed. He was brilliant. Absolutely. I, I hate brilliant. to say it, but he was absolutely brilliant. I loved listening to Ravi. Um, I was Protestant listening to him. I loved him. How would he ever be in a position to ask for a quote unquote blessing sanctioned by the church, whether it's on our side or whatever? It's, but I'm not I, dealing with that. Yeah. But. How could he ever ask for a blessing without doing what Christ asked us to do, and yet go and sin no more? Yeah. He has to be in repentance before a blessing comes. Absolutely. No, no, because that's, that would be conditional. You still get a blessing, but now you also get the choice. You have received a blessing to help you down that road to being something greater than what you are. But now it's your choice. Are you going to be better than what you are, or do you still walk back into that sin? Are you a prostitute that then becomes something that's better than a prostitute, that's no longer engaging as a prostitute, or do you continue to be a prostitute? So God's blessing comes before his repentance. Is The blessing is still given to you, but so is the choice. And you have that choice. You just hit a crossroads, and now you're given that avenue. So... Do you, which road do you take? Does he deserve that blessing? Who, Ravi? Yeah. I don't know because I wasn't there when he died. He's not dead. Well, I, I, I won't be there when he dies, rather. So, I, mean, so, I, I don't know about Ravi in particular, but I feel like so many religious leaders in that situation have already received the blessing. Where if the most frequent thing that seems to happen when they, a, um, pastor has sexual misconduct of some sort, an affair or something like that. They're put on a, a rehabilitation plan. And at some point uh, they are declared redeemed by a council of elders or some pastors from a different church or something like that but who go on their advisory council or whatever. I agree with you, but do you think that happens without humility and repentance first? Like there has to be some acknowledgement. Holy crap. It I made a mess. A bunch of guys say it happened. No, it, I don't know anything other than that. It, but it doesn't so, because the world could accuse everyone. But until that person acknowledges, you're right. I, I think everyone's missing the earlier statement. So the earlier statement actually gives the conditions. Here we go. Verse 28. There are several occasions when people spontaneously ask for a blessing. So again, this is not a sacramental blessing. Okay, there's, there's a difference. This is not a sacramental blessing. I'll give you an instance. Okay, at the end of, well, you probably wouldn't know this. <laughs> at the end of Mass, what does the priest do? He has a blessing. He gives you a blessing. And Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Everybody receives the blessing. <laughs> it doesn't matter who you are. Okay, it does not matter if you are a sinner or you're a prostitute or... Or if you're there's a, definitely gay people in there. I mean, it, there's gangbangers in there who are who are shooting people at night in the head, right? So it doesn't matter who you are. Everybody in that parish at the end of a mass receives a blessing. I get it. Our okay? pastor does it too. We but sang a song about it today. You, <laughs> right. You still get that choice. This blessing was just given to you. 
Now you make a choice. Yeah, that's what, that's what I mean. Our real, our real world choices with the consequences that come after that dictate whether or not we actually receive a blessing. I would say that, that you have given a, you've been given a blessing at the end. I would say that what happens next is a judgment in the afterlife on you, on which road you took. Because, again, God has reached out to you with yet another blessing. Now it's on you. I think we're dealing with semantics at this point, honestly. I don't because think so. yeah, I don't because think so. I don't think it's a blessing if the person says, Oh, thanks, Pastor. I needed to hear that today. All right, I'm gonna go back and do what I'm doing now. I'll put it to you this way. I can help my friend, and I have helped friends. Um, I can help a friend get off of drugs. After he has clean, it's his choice whether he goes back to live a clean life or goes back on drugs. I'm not going to make that call for him. He's got to do it. Don't compare gay stuff to gay drug addiction. We're no, no, saying no, the same no, thing. no, no, no. What <laughs> That's I'm exactly saying, what I'm saying. No, no, what, what I'm saying is, 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 I was there, right? God is there, right? So, I'm giving you a choice now, right? God gives you a choice now. So now we're at a crux, okay? So you, it's, it's, it's not conditional. Unconditionally, we helped you get out of a problem. If you choose to go back to that problem, that's that is now on you, right? That is now a judgment against you for not accepting the gift that you were given. This sounds like though you're saying that the blessings are about called repentance, which it feels to me like it's trying to say it's not that without not saying it's not about. It's not even that. It's 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 not even that. It's not a call to repentance. It's a call to help you become live a better life. That's what it's a call to do. Christ didn't hammer people over the head when he was on earth. He said, he said, go forth and sin no more. And he forgave them. Did he not? He said, your sins are forgiven. Go forth and sin no more. And sin no more. Change your life. Then it's on them. Right, but it's predicated on changing your life. Absolutely. See, I read it though more like it was about blessing you, but to there, better in whatever state but, you were in. But the blessing, but the blessing, was not predicated on what you're going to do. It's giving you that choice. I, because there is like, for instance, like I was thinking like this kind of opened up the possibility like a blessing could be interpreted at least by the recipient of it as like a blessing towards actually being a better same-sex spouse. Maybe there's a way you could serve your your same sex spouse because like there's not everything about the relationship is evil and irredeemable. Like I, I even don't think per the Catholic Church, I was wait 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 I I wouldn't even say so I would say evil was is a straw man argument because evil was never inserted in there. Yeah, that's no true. That's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to, to air quote somebody okay. out there an amorphous person. So because there's nothing here that says evil, irregular is different than evil. Because in the same token, we could say that two people living together in a civil union is still irregular, right? That's not a same-sex couple. That's that's a true, heterosexual true. couple, but they were not married in the confines of marriage. So that is still irregular. So this is not towards just one thing. It's, right, right. it's those things that are considered irregular. Yeah. It's considered those things that are not ordered by the church. And the church is giving you the... Listen, you have the choice of whether you want to or not. After that, it's not the church's call. It's God's decision. But is the blessing about the choice to turn away from your regular relationship, or is it about the choice to do things better, potentially within your current state? Because every person who's in an irregular relationship, there's things that they can do to be a better person yeah. that still don't mean forsaking the irregular relationship. Well, here's the thing. I don't think that, I don't think that actually dictates a a quick um, jerk decision, right? I don't think it means you're jumping off and doing this. For some people, maybe it is. Uh, if you're doing crack, definitely make that decision <laughs> to not do it. Well, I mean, why but, not? You could bless, <laughs> you bless your crack. You see. But, but uh, what I'm saying is there's many people that take a gradual evolutionary, in, in spiritual ways, uh, a gradual evolutionary way to get better and better and better throughout their lives. It doesn't mean it's a knee-jerk reaction. 
It means that throughout my life I become better and better and better, or I don't, right? And that's my decision. I would say that anybody that's coupled to the idea to the idea of identifying myself by my sexuality is already headed down the wrong road. I don't care if you're heterosexual or homosexual or put a, put a label on it. I would say that if you are identifying yourself through your sexuality, you're already at a disadvantage. I agree with that. So... I don't know. <laughs> you can say that. I mean, I, I just again, think that sexual identity is a narrow... Yeah, I agree. In, in, yeah. But it's important to people. If, 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 it's if, important to people. I, I don't think it's important in a spiritual life. If somebody, even in your spiritual life, if somebody said, you know, legally you are not allowed to identify as heterosexual and you're not allowed to have a female wife, that would be a serious impediment to, like, you would feel that, right? Okay, so, so per... I agree with you, and that's why I feel like this mm -hmm. kind of convolutes the whole thing. I don't think so. Uh, in fact, I would say this is a path towards far better understanding. Because previous to this, we had a lot of people arguing about just simply, hey, this bad, this good, that bad, right? This is specifically trying to tell you, no, you can bless people. I'm not asking you to put preconditions on those blessings. Because there's a difference between a blessing and a sacramental blessing. There's a difference. The church has specific sacraments, and those don't change. In 2,000 years, those don't change. Sacraments don't change. But blessings can change according to a person's needs. Okay? A standard blessing can change to what you need in your life to be a better person. Don't, okay. define, don't define the blessing with anything specifically as far as sexuality goes. We need to be better than our okay. sexuality. So, yeah, that's a good point. Then. Because now we're dealing in, we're digging into the definition of what a blessing actually is. Yes. So, you know, there are cases where I know that I'm thinking of my own family, who are a bunch of vagabonds. <laughs> but anyways, you know, it, they may be Gypsy? down on their luck and, you, you know, they need help. So you give them a hundred bucks, right? Oh, thank you, man. This is such a blessing for me. Yeah. It probably is. But what they're trying to tell me is that I'm just grateful that you helped me out when I was down on my luck. Yes. And me giving it to them is like, yeah, but all right. Can you not, can you change your life so I don't have to keep giving to you? <laughs> right? I would say God goes beyond that. Well, that's God. Yeah. So I'm, that's God. Yep. <laughs> and he calls us to that. So when his I, disciples asked him. So, how many times do I forgive somebody? That's Seven times? kind of what it feels like to me when I read this. It's like some people want to say, hey, you know, we're kind of okay, as Keith said, with our relationship the way it is. Our, you know, I, my homosexual relationship, it's actually going fine. We're prospering. We do well. I just kind of want to be blessed by you. And Why? And I think so this gets in the subtext. Can I can I get into some of the subtext here? Go yeah. Ahead. All, right, all right. I guess so, why do you want that from a priest so anyway? There's like what this thing is saying is spending you know a decent chunk of words to say it, and there's like practical effects. And to me, there's two like there's a few more practical effects. The two that really stick out in my mind. Number one, it's a Rorschach test for homophobic priests. Ugh, the okay. ones the ones who go online on YouTube and are like, we will not do these blessings. Like the word couple means that this is totally bunk or whatever. Okay, we've outed those guys. Okay, mission accomplished. Number two, it's empowerment to the priests who are already not Pharisees about blessings. Okay. So they are empowered. Okay. Like, a, um, you know, Father James Martin was kind of a notable one who was like, hey, I did a blessing. Look at me. Um, he was probably already doing blessings. There yeah. were some priests who openly said that we were already doing, you know, these, this sort of blessing that's described right in here. Um, they get the imprimatur of an official papal statement on the matter. And anybody who tries to say that they're a bad priest because of that, they have it right there. The Pope said otherwise. Okay. Um, that said, like the whole, like the fundamental relationship um, between the LGBTQ person and the church 
does not change. Like the, the most practical impact, I think, is among those who already felt some relationship with the church, possibly because of a friendly priest, that that priest feels like they don't have to go as much under the cloak of darkness. But we're still dealing with the vast majority of churches. If a, if a same-sex couple was to go in for a blessing, uh, or even, even an individual gay person, <laughs> um, that they are not going to feel welcome. And even if you do feel more welcome, you're still going to have to deal with the fundamental tension that the church does not like what I do or really who I am in a very important sense. And I know we say, oh, not the whole person is, is the sexual being. That's a, that's a core part of you. And I think it's mm-hmm. hard to realize how core of that as a part of somebody until you felt like you can't express it. So I don't feel worthy to speak for this group of people, but I'm going to try to anyway, because I'm actually technically not straight. I am bi. Okay. Um, I don't tell many people because it doesn't make sense when they see someone who's been married for 16 years and has five kids that, but honestly, I dress like a bisexual woman. Okay. <laughs> I don't think so. It's pretty dog on Metro. Looks good. <laughs> yeah, Looks there you good. go. That's exactly. That's Metro. Metrosexual male is bisexual woman. Nah, At least I think so. Metro's fine. <laughs> I've been accused I've, of that. I've never so. been fine of Metro. We have a guy on here, one of our agnostics, uh, who comes in. He's very metro, but we know. I mean, he, he's str- he's straight, but he's metro. I mean, it just, there's no problem with yeah. metro. So, but anyway, like, I don't really know how to fully express it in words, but like, feeling your whole life, you're not really allowed to like even admit that. Mm-hmm. Like, when you finally feel like, oh, I could acknowledge that. And like some people, even though it's not in the catechism, it's not church doctrine, some people would say to even like identify yeah. that is a sin. Um, like you you think back and you feel like there's like, oh, a part of me I had to suppress. There was a role I had to play. There was something I had to fake. Yeah. And to do that in such a foundational way that it would actually impact who you are, around, you spend most of your life around. Yeah, that's yeah. a big freaking deal. Oh yeah, and so the, you know, in a way we could see that's the person who holds a conflicting view of like, I'm gay and I'm okay, and I'm Catholic. Mm-hmm. That maybe that person is engaging in a form of cowardice because they're like contradicting themselves and they're not admitting something to themselves. But they're also they're also mm-hmm. engaging in a form, or maybe instead engaging in a form of bravery, where they're like. I acknowledge these two parts of me are yeah. important and I don't fully know how to square them, but also I have to admit at the end of the day that the actual implementation of Catholic doctrine and dogma is so meandering as we can see by a document like this, which is literally papered over yeah. the statements against same sex and irregular unions that it's a long, windy, complicated thing. Definitely. Is. Not everybody understands yeah. the same way at the same time, even on the same day. And that's human. It's very human. So I, 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 I brought this up before in the podcast. I have, uh, I have same sex couples. I'm very close to, and I, and I'm uh, close friends with. And I have, I don't judge them at all. They're they're close friends of mine. Have been for over twenty years, and I, they're they're close to me, and they're friends of mine, right? My wife and I have have gone out and had dinner with them, and 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 I I consider them very close friends of mine. I I don't I don't judge that. But I think there's pieces of us where that's very, very human. I, I openly finally brought this out a little bit uh, publicly uh, in social media. Um, on the fighter side. So if, if you're a fighter, in, in this room, I'm probably the only competitive fighter. Um, if you're a fighter... You already know you're broken, okay? There's something inside of you that's broken, okay? I fought for years. I love, I love fighting, okay? I love competing. I, I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. But that's because you're broken. I, I love it, but I know, I know I'm broken, okay? Because if you're fighting, you are a sadomasochist. By definition, you are saying, oh, man, you're causing harm in somebody else, and you expect harm in return. You are receiving pain and giving pain. You are a sadomasochist, okay? The beauty of being a fighter is that we found our therapy <laughs> and that 
training and fighting is a therapy so that that way we can be constructive people in the real world, right? So I can work real jobs and I can be very social. Socially, I can get along with everybody. And, and we created a group for ourselves. So if you look across the country, boxers, Muay Thai fighters, MMA fighters, we are broken people that found our therapy. And that's what we do in order to not inflict harm on other people we so i mean i i i get the fact that all of us are human and all of us have these caveats inside of us that where we have to help our own evolution along even in the next generation because if we recognize it then we know probably at least one of our kids is going to have that right so we have to look to that next generation to help them find that same thing that we found we're broken people in every way and it manifests differently in different people you know, and that's something that I think all of us have to deal with. You know, there's no way you can look at somebody like a fighter and say you're a regular person. That's not normal. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we're all broken. Yeah, exactly. At whatever point we and decide on our journey to I, acknowledge I, that. That's why I love stuff like this, though, because it acknowledges the brokenness in us. And that's why they didn't just aim this at just just same-sex people it's aimed at everybody because all of us are a little bit broken and all of us need that all of us need to know that we're a little bit broken and all of us can find ways back to something (laughs) yeah but as you brought up earlier though you don't feel like this necessarily is blessing someone in their current state and will do that Uh, without expecting something to change I, I interpreted enough wiggle room in there where like there is one line that kind of put me off a little bit where it says like this union can be co- compared in no way to a marriage. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was a little bit strong because like there's other than what's between their legs, it could be completely identical to a, a, a marriage, a sacramental marriage between a man and a woman, or and I guess between, between what's between their legs and how they got married because the sacramental marriage wouldn't have been allowed to occur because it wouldn't have been allowed in the church. Um, where was I going with that? But like, so in that respect, and I think the way it'll be practically implemented because the priests that are going to be friendly to it are going to be folks who are like not focusing on the, you know, they think asking what's going on in their bedroom is an invasive question. Mm. And instead it's more like, how are you guys? What would you like from us? We're here to help you. And they're going to be giving blessings that are about, hey, succeeding, doing, improving in a, in, you know, whatever way you feel like you need to improve for good things to happen, for health, those things like that. These things that are important, um, that, that if you're in a relationship with somebody else, they don't, it doesn't really pertain to what's between your legs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and there's so much, I think, I think if we could learn anything from this, regardless of what it says or doesn't says, like if folks who are not welcoming of this or what welcoming of LGBT folks in general could realize that there's so much more that goes on in their life. It's not just two people continuously having sex that find <laughs> icky. Like it's literally people caring for each other. It's one person maybe, you know, getting, having a job that carries most of the weight in terms of keeping the household afloat. It's a person caring for a person because they're sick. It's a person caring for children while the other goes to work. It's all these things. It's someone giving someone a back rub because their back is, you know, all out of whack or something like that. It's all these like normal things. <laughs> um, And you know, if we believe in God and he has that, he has a deep intimate hand in our lives that these things, God would have this hand on all these little things in all of these people's lives. And it wouldn't be predicated mm-hmm. based on if they got a marriage in a church and were open to life in this precise way and didn't ever, you know, all these other things that we know 98% of people violate at some point. <laughs> yeah. 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 I agree. But do you feel like, People in that relationship already can already live a life that's blessed without being quote unquote officially blessed by a church, whether it's the Catholic church or the Protestant side or whatever. 
I mean, I think, I think so. I think a lot, many have evolved a, a, you know, personal piety as they kind of go back to the document describes is everybody has to kind of come to their own, even if it's, even if you feel like it's deeply invested in the hierarchy of the Catholic church, yeah. you have to come to your own conception of God. And we find that even the folks who are both highly invested in the authority of the Catholic church have deeply different conclusions about that in their personal lives. So, I mean, here's why I asked that because I've, I've known, uh, right in our own neighborhood, I bet you probably even know them because they were very prominent in our neighborhood. You used to own an antique shop, but they were friends of I ours. I you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Say, I won't say the names, but man, I, they were a great couple. Absolutely funny, absolutely successful, absolutely warm and inviting to anyone. Uh, I, quite honestly, rather hang around and have dinner with them any time of the week than a lot of my Christian quote-unquote friends, right? But they weren't seeking validation mm-hmm. from the church. You know what I mean? I, I remember I bought something from them one time. We were tra- we were trying it out in a store, and we turned it on. It was an old, uh, like a 1950s German uh, record player. It was a beautiful piece oh, of nice. furniture. Mm. He turned it on, and 95.5, the fish turned on. He's like, oh, God, get that off. Why would I want that on? I mean, that's just bad music in general. Yeah. But, <laughs> but that was I would the agree, point. actually. <laughs> but that wasn't the point behind and that. Gumby would. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> that was not the point behind That was not the sentiment, yeah, yeah. sentiment behind that. <laughs> um, you know what? At some point, and even if we're not talking about like any kind of relationship like that, uh, let's say the feminist movement. Okay. All right. There's still women out there who are dead set on trying to rehabilitate. And I only know this from the Protestant side, but maybe in the Catholic side too, that are still trying to change it to make that so much more women have a bigger role that, you know, women feel accepted and they can finally be at the top of the echelon within the leadership. Yep. All right. And at some point, it's so tiring because I see them and I'm like, man, you're trying so hard to rehabilitate something that doesn't want want you there. Yep. And yet you're living a life that's, quote unquote, by many means, blessed. So it comes down to our definition of what's blessed. Why do we feel the need to feel validated by a system? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just thinking out loud. There's Why? a certain extent which it may, you know, for some people uh, it might be about validation, but I think a lot of folks it's about like this deep call to how do I implement the gospel from my perspective and seeing an injustice and seeing how Jesus tackled injustice and wanting to walk in that path. Um, coincidentally, actually, Cleveland is a hotbed for um, the movement in the Catholic Church for women inclusion in the church. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> it just changed within ours in the Protestant Church. Yeah, but it didn't come without well, a fight for in your so branch. Many years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. No. There's. Um, but in the meantime, uh, so many have left because of. Yeah. Well, I know yeah. what I was going to cl- clarify it. So you know, I'll I'll, I'll protect the uh, the beeper uh, since we're not after hours yet. But um, it's I've I've heard it qualified as the um the yeah, seven perspective of like is it is my perspective towards a church f you i'm leaving or f you i'm staying and the the folks who beat their heads against this wall are are in the f you i'm staying camp okay yeah. yeah yeah i can see that i i still fall in the camp where and, and maybe it's because of everything i've been through in my life i've had a since I was young, I've had a lot of death in my family, a lot of death. Grew up on farms, there's a lot of death. Um, and uh, I've always seen this life as a very temporary place where I won't be very long. And so maybe that's way why I feel the way I do. But I see life on earth as being... Uh, okay, so let's, let's equate this to agriculture. Again, right, former farmer, right? So when I drop a seed in the ground, uh, it, it's not living yet, right? It's, it's a seed. That's how I see this life. I don't think I'm alive yet. I think the seed is here on this earth. Uh, 
I don't think my life starts until I die because that's where I will be for the rest of all eternity, right? For the rest of my eternity, I will be on the other side. As a comedian famously once said, most people on this earth are dead. They've, they will, they're dead. Most people at a landslide are no longer here. So I see life in this plane of existence. I only see as the start of life. I only see this as the place where your life is planted. I don't think life starts until you've been planted in the ground, literally, once you die, I believe your your life has started. And I believe the, your, your seeding time here dictates how you live your life. Once you die, that dictates how you get to live life. So I don't see this as a plane of existence of life. I see this as, as the inception of where life begins. Once I die... My life starts. So, take that for what it is. I will. (laughs) (laughs) Because most of your life, you won't be here. Most of your life, you're going to be on the other side. So, so again, I don't think we should define ourselves by our sexuality. (laughs) Because, like Jesus once said, angels don't have penises. I didn't say that. I, I'm, I'm paraquoting him. But. Oh, he's never seen Supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. Some of those angels could still be gay, though. <laughs> Keith, last, thought, last, last thoughts? I'll, I'll leave it there. <laughs> All right. Gumby? SEO was pretty surprised. It's like, what is the pizza man doing here? <laughs> Why is he so angry with her? <laughs> Uh, there's nothing taboo over brew. This was deep. Uh, I really appreciate it. Good way to start off 2024. Absolutely. Those are the perfect beers for the topics. Oh, like, man, that was great, beers. too. That was yeah. nice, sweet, <laughs> yeah. deep beers. Thank you, Masthead. Thank you for you've, what you've done. We do have a promo for you on our website because we appreciate all you've done for us. Um, Thank you, all of our, our patrons, all of our listeners. Thank you for everything you've done for us. Please visit us as at patreon.com forward slash Bible Over Brews or at anchor.fm forward slash Bible Over Brews. Help us buy our next treats so we can tell you how good they are. How do they get on our By the way, we're going to leave on one thing. Guys, because we're going to start through this. 2024, we start this, right? 2024, we start this. Wait, let me stop you there quicker. How do we? How do they get on our Discord? They got to come argue with me. Oh yes. So, subscribe to our subscribe to our newsletter. We're gonna post our newsletter link on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. So go to our pages, Bible Over Brews, and you can find it at anything at Bible Over Brews. Instagram.com forward slash Bible Over Brews, Facebook.com forward slash Bible Over Brews. Go to our Facebook page, our Twitter page, and our Instagram page. Uh, we will be dropping the link for our Discord. Get on our Discord because that's going to be tons of cool, sweet information we'll be dropping on you only from our community. So jump on that. You can debate there. We can debate there. We can get. We can be adults there. <laughs> so we'll see you there. Um, outside of that, uh, please help us debate which beers are best so guys this is the start of 2024 which beer was better tonight tonight Tonight. we just picking through the two in this one just those two yep just those two whatever we had and on our newsletter we will tell you how to find these uh these beers we'll post links we'll post links to the breweries so It, it was it's a tough choice because they were both similar okay there were some you know a lot of similarities i think okay i'm leaning more towards the uh tiramis uh, hazelnut tiramisu okay tiramisu i when it's a dessert beer i wanted to just go all in and be like okay all you can do is sip this this is clearly this is what's on your plate this is not going next to your plate okay i'm going baseball bat also that banana on the front is amazing (laughs) Ooh. That can is pretty hard to beat. <laughs> that is pretty cool. Or 
are you going? I'm a little undecided. I loved them both so much. So much. Uh, man. But if I have to pick one, oh my lord. This is, this, again, this is very, very tough. This is you very tough. You're, you're either Republican or Democrat. Come on. But here's the thing. There's only one reason. Because as much as I love this beer, I love the can. I love the design. I love the peanut butter. Everything about this, I love. It only lacks one thing. Mm. Coffee. <laughs> so, so, because tiramisu actually has coffee inside of it, and it's a deep porter, I'm going to give the ever, ever, ever slightest, again, ever slightest edge to it. It's hard. It is. It's very hard. Yeah. I love the other one. And neither one of these would be disappointed in. But I will give the edge to tiramisu specifically because of coffee. It is. I mean, it's hard because they both are desserty. Yes. I mean, it. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, they're both great. I said thank you. Godspeed. Good night. So.